0: Help us choose which books to read next on Send Me to Sleep. You can vote using the
1: link in the episode notes. Thanks everyone. Welcome to Send Me to Sleep. The place to find a good night's rest. My name's Andrew, and I'm so pleased you've joined me tonight
0: and taken this time for yourself to ensure you get a peaceful
1: night's sleep. Tonight, I'll be reading Part 2, Chapters 32 to 33 of Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy.
0: In the last chapter, Kitty was finally introduced to
1: her unknown friend, Mademoiselle Varenka. In tonight's story, Kitty discovers that she
0: shares more in common with Varenka than she thinks.
1: If you haven't already, find a nice place to get cosy. Take a deep, relaxing breath. And settle your body in whatever way feels most comfortable. Now, all you need to do Chapter 32 The particulars
0: which the princess had learned in regard to Varenka's past and her relations with Madame Stahl were as follows. Madame Stahl, of whom some people said that she had worried her husband out of his life, while others said, It was he who had made her wretched by his immoral behavior, had always been a woman of weak health and enthusiastic temperament. When, after her separation from her husband, she gave birth to her only child, the child had died almost immediately, and the family of Madame Stahl, knowing her sensibility, and fearing the news would kill her, had substituted another child. A baby born the same night and in the same house in
1: Petersburg.
0: The daughter of the chief cook of the imperial household. This was Varenka. Madame Stahl learned later on that Varenka was not her own child, but she went on bringing her up especially as, very soon afterwards, Varenka had not a relation of her own living. Madame Stahl had now been living more than ten years continuously abroad, in the South, never leaving her couch. And some people said that Madame Stahl had made her social position as a philanthropic Highly religious woman, other people said she really was at heart the highly ethical being, living for nothing but the good of her fellow creature, which she represented herself to be. No one knew what her faith was, Catholic, Protestant or Orthodox, but one fact was indisputable. She was in admirable relations with the highest dignitaries of all the churches and sects. Varenka lived with her all the while abroad, and everyone who knew Madame Stahl knew and liked Mademoiselle Varenka, as everyone called her. Having learned all these facts, the princess found nothing to object to in her daughter's intimacy with Varenka, more especially as Varenka's breeding and education were of the best. She spoke French and English extremely well, and what was the most weight brought a message from Madame Stahl, expressing her regret that she was prevented by her ill health from making the
1: acquaintance of the princess. After getting to know Varenka, Kitty became more and more fascinated by her friend, and every day she discovered new virtues in her. The princess, hearing that Varenka had a good voice, asked her to come and sing to them in the evening. Kitty plays, and we have a piano. Not a good one,
0: it's true, but you will give us so much pleasure, said the princess with her affected smile, which Kitty disliked particularly just then, because she noticed that Varenka had no inclination to sing. Varenka came, however, in the evening and brought a roll of music with her.
1: The princess had invited Maria Yevgenyevna and her daughter and the colonel.
0: Varenka seemed quite unaffected by there being persons present she did
1: not know, and she went directly to the piano. She could not accompany herself, but she could sing music at sight very well. Kitty, who played well, accompanied her. You are an
0: extraordinary talent, the princess said to her after Varenka had sung the first song extremely well. Maria
1: Yevgenyevna and her daughter expressed their thanks and admiration. Look, said the colonel, looking out of the window. What an audience has collected
0: to listen to you. There actually was quite a considerable crowd under the window. I am very
1: glad it gives you pleasure, Varenka answered simply. Kitty looked with pride at her friend. She was enchanted by her talent and her voice and her face,
0: but most of all by her manner. By the way, Varenka obviously thought nothing of her singing, and was quite unmoved
1: by their praises. She seemed only to be asking, am I to sing again, or is that enough? If it had been I, thought Kitty, how proud I should be,
0: how delighted I should have been to see that crowd under the windows but she's utterly unmoved by it. Her only motive is to avoid refusing and to please Mama. What is there in her? What is it that gives her the power to look down on everything, to be calm independently of everything? How I should like to
1: know it and to learn it of her, thought Kitty, gazing into her serene face. The princess
0: asked Varenka to sing again, and Varenka sang another song, also smoothly, distinctly, and well, standing erect at the piano and beating time on it with her thin, dark-skinned hands. The next song in the book was an Italian one. Kitty played the opening
1: bars and looked round at Varenka. Let's skip that, said Varenka, flushing a little.
0: Kitty let her eyes rest on Varenka's face with a look of dismay
1: and inquiry. Very well, the next one, she said hurriedly, turning over the pages, and at once feeling that there was something connected with the song. No answered Varenka with a smile, laying her hand on the music. No, let's have that one, and she sang
0: it just as quietly, as coolly, and as well as the
1: others. When she had finished, they all thanked her again and went off to tea.
0: Kitty and Varenka went out into the little garden, that adjoined the house.
1: Am I right that you have some reminiscences connected with that song?" said Kitty. Don't tell me, she added hastily, only say if I'm right. No, why not, I'll tell you simply, said Varenka, and without waiting for a reply she went on. Yes, it
0: brings up memories, once painful ones. I cared for someone once, and I used to sing to him that song.
1: Kitty, with big, wide open eyes, gazed silently, sympathetically at Varenka. I cared for him, and he cared for me. But his mother did not wish it, and he married another girl.
0: He's living now not far from us, and I see him sometimes. You didn't think I had a love story too, she said, and there was a faint gleam in her handsome face of that fire
1: which Kitty felt must once have glowed all over her. I didn't think so. Why, if I were a man, I could never care for anyone else after knowing you.
0: Only I can't understand how he could, to please his mother,
1: forget you and make you unhappy. He has no heart. Oh, no. He's a very good man, and I'm not unhappy. Quite the contrary. I'm very happy. Well, so we shan't be singing any more now, she added, turning towards the house. How good you are, how good you are, cried Kitty, and stopping her, she kissed her. If I could only be even a little like you. Why
0: should you be like anyone? You're nice as you are, said Varenka,
1: smiling her gentle, weary smile. No, I'm not nice at all. Come. Tell me, stop a minute, let's sit down, said Kitty, making her sit down again beside her.
0: Tell me, isn't it humiliating to think that a man has disdained your love, that he hasn't cared for it?
1: But he didn't disdain it. I believe he cared for me, but he was a dutiful son.
0: Yes, but if it hadn't been on account of his mother, if it had been his own doing, said Kitty, feeling she was giving away her secret, and that her face, burning with the
1: flush of shame, had betrayed her already. In that case, he would have done wrong, and I should not have
0: regretted him, answered Varenka. Evidently realising that
1: they were now not talking of her, but of Kitty. But the humiliation, said Kitty. The
0: humiliation one can never forget. Can never forget, she said, remembering her look at the last ball during the
1: pause in the music. Where is the humiliation? Why? You did nothing wrong. Worse than wrong. Shameful. Varenka shook her head and laid her hand on Kitty's hand. Why, what is there shameful, she said. You didn't tell a man who didn't care for you that you loved him, did you? Of course not. I never said a word but he knew it. No, no, there are looks, there are ways. I can't forget it, if I live a hundred years. Why so? I don't understand. The whole point is whether you love him now or not, said
0: Varenka. The whole point is whether you love him now or not,
1: said Varenka who called everything by its name. I hate him, I can't forgive myself. Why, what for? The shame, the humiliation. Oh, if everyone were as sensitive as you are, said Varenka,
0: there isn't a girl who hasn't been through the same. It's all so unimportant. Why, what is important? Said Kitty, looking into her face with inquisitive
1: wonder. Oh, there's so much that's important, said Varenka, smiling. Why, what? Oh, so much that's
0: more important, answered Varenka. Not knowing what to say.
1: But at that instant they heard the princess's voice from the window. Kitty, it's cold. Either get a shawl or come indoors. It really is time to go in, said Varenka, getting up. I have to go on to Madame Bertha's. She's asked me to. Kitty held her by the hand,
0: and with passionate curiosity and entreaty, her eyes asked
1: her, What is it? What is this of such importance that gives you such tranquility? You know,
0: tell me. But Varenka did not even know what Kitty's eyes were asking her. She merely thought that she had to go to see Madame Bertha too that evening and to make haste home in time for Mama's tea at twelve o'clock. She went indoors, collected her music, and saying goodbye to everyone
1: was about to go. Allow me to see you home, said the colonel. Yes, how can you go alone at night like this? chimed the princess. Anyway, I'll send Parasha." Kitty
0: saw that Varenka could hardly restrain a smile at the idea that she needed an escort. No, I always go about alone, and nothing ever happens to me, she said, taking her hat. And kissing Kitty once more, without saying what was important. She stepped out courageously with the music under her arm and vanished into the twilight of the summer night, bearing away with her her secret of what
1: was important and what gave her the calm and dignity so much to be envied. Chapter 33 Kitty made the acquaintance of Madame Stahl, too, and this acquaintance, together
0: with her friendship with Varenka, did not merely exercise a great influence on her, it also comforted her in her mental distress. She found this comfort through a completely new world being opened up to her by means of this acquaintance a world having nothing in common with her past, an exultant, noble world, from the height of which she could contemplate her past calmly. It was revealed to her that besides the instinctive life to which Kitty had given herself up hitherto, there was a spiritual life. This life was disclosed in religion, but a religion having nothing in common with that one which Kitty had known from childhood, and which found expression in litanies and all-night services at the widow's home, where one might meet one's friends, and in learning by heart Slavonic texts with the priest. This was a lofty, mysterious religion, connected with a whole series of noble thoughts and feelings. Which one could do more than merely believe because one was told to? Which one could love? Kitty found all this out, not from words. Madame Stahl talked to Kitty as to a charming child that one looks on with pleasure as to the memory of one's youth. And only once she said in passing that in all human sorrows nothing gives comfort but love and faith, and that in the sight of Christ's compassion for us no sorrow is trifling and immediately talked of other
1: things. But in every gesture of Madame Stahl, in every word, in every heavenly, as Kitty called it, look, and above all, in the whole
0: story of her life, which she heard from Varenka, Kitty recognised that something that was important,
1: of which, till then, she had known nothing. Yet, alleviated as Madame Stahl's character
0: was, touching as was her story, And exalted and moving as was her speech, Kitty could not help detecting in her some traits which perplexed her. She noticed that when questioning her about her family, Madame Stahl had smiled contemptuously, which was not in accord with Christian meekness. She noticed, too, that when she had found a Catholic priest with her, Madame Stahl had studiously kept her face in the shadow of a lampshade, and had smiled in a peculiar way. Trivial as these two observations were, they perplexed her, and she had her doubts as to Madame Stahl. But on the other hand, Varenka, alone in the world without friends or relations, With a melancholy disappointment in the past. Desiring nothing, regretting nothing, was just that perfection of which Kitty dared hardly dream.
1: In Varenka, she realised that one has but to forget oneself and love others, and one will be calm, happy and noble and that was what Kitty longed to be. Seeing
0: now clearly what was the most important, Kitty was not satisfied with being enthusiastic over it. She at once gave herself up with her whole soul to the new life that was opening to her. From Varenka's accounts of the other doings of Madame Stahl and people whom she mentioned, Kitty had already constructed the plan of her own future life. She would, like Madame Stahl's niece, Aline, of whom Varenka had talked to her a great deal, seek out those who were in trouble, wherever she might be living. Help them as far as she could. Give them the gospel. Read the gospel to the sick, to criminals. the dying. The idea of reading the gospel to criminals, as Aline did, particularly fascinated Kitty. But all these were secret dreams, of which Kitty did not talk either to her mother or to Varenka. While awaiting the time for carrying out her plans on a large scale, however, Kitty, even then at the spring, where there were so many people ill and unhappy, readily found a chance for practicing her new principles in imitation of Varenka. At first the princess noticed nothing but that Kitty was much under the influence of her agouement, as she called it, for Madame Stahl, and still more for Varenka. She saw that Kitty did not merely imitate Varenka in her conduct, but unconsciously imitated her in her manner of walking, of talking, of blinking her eyes. But later on, the princess noticed that, apart from this adoration, some kind of serious, spiritual change was taking place in her daughter. The princess saw But in the evenings, Kitty read the French testament that Madame Stahl had given her, a thing she had never done before, that she avoided society acquaintances and associated with sick people who were under Varenka's protection, and especially one poor family, that of a sick painter, Petrov. Kitty was unmistakably proud of playing the part of a Sister of Mercy in that family. All this was well enough, and the princess had nothing to say against it, especially as Petrov's wife was a perfectly nice sort of woman, and that the German princess, noticing Kitty's devotion, praised her, calling her an angel of consolation. All this would have been very well if there had been no exaggeration. But the princess saw that her daughter was rushing into extremes, and so indeed she told her. Her daughter made no reply, only in her heart she thought that one could not talk about exaggeration where Christianity was concerned. What exaggeration could there be in the practice of a doctrine wherein one was bidden to turn the other cheek when one was smitten, and give one's cloak if one's coat were taken? But the princess disliked this exaggeration, and disliked even more the fact that she felt her daughter did not care to show her all her heart.
1: Kitty did in fact conceal her new views and feelings from her mother. She concealed them
0: not because she did not respect or did not love her mother, but simply because she was her mother. She would have revealed them to anyone sooner than her mother. How is it Anna Pavlovna's not been to see us for so long? the princess said one day to Madame Petrova. I've asked her, but she seems put out about something.
1: No, I've not noticed it, Mama, said Kitty, flushing hotly. Is it long since you went to see them? We're meaning to make an
0: expedition to the mountains tomorrow, answered Kitty. Well, you can go, answered the princess, gazing at her daughter's embarrassed face and trying to guess the cause of her embarrassment. That day Varenka came to dine and told them that Anna Pavlovna had changed her mind and given up the expedition for the morrow, and the princess noticed again that Kitty reddened. Kitty, haven't you had some misunderstanding with the Petrovs, said the princess when they were left alone. Why has she given up sending the children and coming to see us? Kitty answered that nothing had happened between them and that she could not tell why Anna Pavlovna seemed displeased with her. Kitty answered perfectly truly. She did not know the reason Anna Pavlovna had changed her mind, but she guessed it. She guessed at something which she could not tell her mother, which she did not put into words to herself. It was one of those things which one knows, but which one can never speak of even to oneself. So terrible and shameful would it be to be mistaken. Again and again, she went over in her memory all her relations with the family. She remembered the simple delight expressed on the round, good-humoured face of Anna Pavlovna at their meetings. She remembered their secret confabulations about their friend, their plots to draw him away from work which was forbidden him, and to get him out of doors. The devotion of the youngest boy, who
1: used to call her My Kitty, and would not go to bed without her. How nice it all was. Then she recalled the thin, terribly thin figure of
0: Petrov, with his long neck, in his brown coat, his scant, curly hair, his questioning blue eyes, That were so terrible to Kitty at first, and his painful attempts to seem hearty and lively in her presence. She recalled the efforts she had made at first to overcome the repugnance she had felt for him, as for all consumptive people, and the pains it had cost her to think of things to say to him. She recalled the timid, Softened look with which he gazed at her, and the strange feeling of
1: compassion and awkwardness, and later of a sense of her own goodness which she had felt at it. How nice it all was, but all that was at first. Now, a few days ago, everything was suddenly spoiled. Anna Pavlovna had met
0: Kitty with affected cordiality and had kept continual watch on her and on her husband. Could that touching pleasure he showed when she came near be the cause of Anna
1: Pavlovna's coolness? Yes, she mused, there was something unnatural about Anna Pavlovna and
0: utterly unlike her good nature. When she said angrily the day before yesterday, there, he will keep waiting for
1: you. He wouldn't drink his coffee without you, though he's grown so dreadfully weak. Yes, perhaps too, she didn't like it when I gave him the rug. It was
0: all so simple, but he took it so awkwardly and was so long thanking me. I felt it awkward too. And then that portrait of me he hid so well. And
1: most of all, that look of confusion and tenderness. Yes, yes, that's it, Kitty repeated to herself with horror. No, it can't be. It oughtn't be. He's so much to be pitied, she said to herself directly after. This doubt poisoned the charm of her new life.